go. Right. Hello and welcome to the second in our new series of podcasts, Listen With Mother, with our not-so-special guest star, Mima. Hello. I know that my listener's been really worried about my knee, but just to let you know, it's fine. I went to the doctor yesterday and the doctor said I was in shape. So, what did he actually say? He said I could do it losing some weight. I'm getting round. So the shape is round, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not yeah. really a shape, is it? Well, round is a shape. Not anyway, much. can we? Yeah, can we do the podcast? Just saying. But okay. okay, so today's podcast is about women in football something that they are becoming increasingly involved with in recent years. While we have yet to have any women managers at the top end of the English game, well, other than Sherry Lungy on TV, there are the likes of Karen Brady, the vice chair of West Ham. Then there is Mona Neymar, Liverpool's nutritionist and a big part of the recent success as part of Klopp's backroom team. And probably the most famous of all is Eva Canero, who famously fell out very publicly and embarrassingly with Jose Mourinho at Chelsea. There are also women amongst the matchday officials, with the excellent Shan Massey-Lloyd proving herself to be amongst, if not actually, the best assistant referee in the game, despite the public sexist comments emanating from the Neanderthals, Richard Keyes and Andy Gray. So, you want to talk about women in football, Ma? Which aspect would you like to explore? I know you were heavily interested in the area of nutrition itself, particularly whether chocolate counts as one of your five a day as being a bean is technically a fruit well that's true i've got a prescription for chocolate uh, that's a receipt yeah but you know no seriously if you go to quality street and have like a strawberry cream and an orange cream you've sort of that's three or five a day isn't it and I, I, the different colors yeah I, I wouldn't expect any better of a woman who refuses to eat anything green in case it's moldy but you can't be too careful, can you, Tris, to be fair? To be fair. I don't know. You probably could be. Anyway, we'll return to the subject of women in football. And I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure that all of these Karen Brady and that one that you couldn't even pronounce. Which is all They're of all... them. <laughs> yeah. Karen Brady. That's all well and good, but I was more like thinking about like when us girls and women go to football. Right. So not really about women in footy, but women watching footy. So my notes are useless, basically, and all the questions I've lined up may as well go in the bin. So uh, yeah. in that case, uh, how did you get into watching football? Okay, on my first day in senior school... All the older girls had pictures of Ian Callaghan on their, like, top inside of their desks. And, you know, when you want to be in with it. Wait, what? Yes. Sorry, Ian Callaghan was a sex symbol. Really? Yeah. So he was the Patrick Berger of his day then? Well, I wouldn't go that far. But he was definitely... Yeah, he was it. He'd done it. See his legs. Yeah. Definitely Ian Callaghan. I can honestly so? say I haven't seen his legs, no. Oh, that was the days lived. before TV and football, you see. Yeah, and don't forget they had little tiny shorts in them days. 
I'd really <laughs> rather not know about that. Ah, God, you're so boring. Anyway, so I started going with my friends to the football to see in Callaghan. And that's it, really. That's how I started. So, you, not that you're shallow or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So... This sort of what sort of time, what sort of era was this? Because I remember you saying about um, one of your first games, wasn't it? Celtic rioted there. The Celtic fans. Oh, that Anfield. yeah, that was that was an evening game. That was my very first evening game, and it was me and two friends in the paddock, and yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, did then. I haven't now since I had you. People pretend they don't know me. <laughs> uh, Thanks. But yeah, that was an evening. No, it's dead scary. See, I mean, to be serious for just one minute. That's why I haven't gone since then. Once they started putting fences up, I stopped going to football because it all kicked off behind me and I was able to run onto the pitch. Hmm. And I, do you know what? I nearly died that day. Honestly, they were rioting and they never, I could have died. How? Because I'll tell you what, oh, well, there were sort of a few behind me and one of them grabbed the end of me scarf. Right. Well, my friend, not so bright, grabbed the other end of me scarf to stop him stealing it. Wait, 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 which... wait, hang on a moment. Let's be honest here. It was you that was the divvy that grabbed the other end and nearly choked yourself, wasn't it? Yeah, but actually, in a way, that's good. That is good, because if, if say, she'd kept hold of it, I could have been strangulated. Oh, but, but what, yeah, then you wouldn't have been born. Oh, Imagine the world. Oh, I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> to be the anyway, worst place. Darker place what about happened? me. Oof, God. <laughs> leave it. Just leave it, Ali, leave it. <laughs> So, anyway, what happens, right, was I didn't know this, right, but when you start to pass out because you're being strangled or, like, fainting or something, your grip loosens. Well, that was lucky then. Well, it was. Saved my life, lost my scarf. That is somewhere now in (laughs) Glasgow. And some blokes probably saying he fought 20 copites to get back. Well, all it was was me when I was about 14 or 15. <laughs> I'd love to know who's got that scarf now. Yeah. Probably one of the posters on the Celtic site's got it up on his wall. Something like that, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you got it. Do you know anyone who supports Celtic? Um, A couple of people. Not many. Well, can you let them know if anybody's got an antique Liverpool scarf? Can they have it back, please? You know, it's funny, quick. While we're on the story of Celtic, when we when I came out here for a holiday first off before I moved out here, took took Georgia to um Wild Wadi, the uh, water park, and we're in the uh, pool bit. We're in a you know a splash pool thing they've got there, and some bloke comes over to me and starts jabbering at me really quickly and loudly in in Russian, and I'm just looking at him thinking, why is he talking to me in Russian? I mean. I'm in a Liverpool t-shirt and that, like, surely it's obvious I'm not Russian. And I was just 
looking at him, you know, when your eyes just start to go, well, you think, hey, I have no idea what to say here. And then I looked down and noticed he had this huge Celtic tattoo on him. He wasn't speaking Russian at all. He was speaking English. I just couldn't understand the word because he was <laughs> Glaswegian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny, that. Now, but in a way, right, this, the fella who got me scarf, I don't think he knew he was messing with. I don't think he realised that, like, I'm family. Do you know what I mean? In a sort of mafia way. Family. No, do you know that your grandma, you probably don't know this, but your grandma was possibly one of the first football hooligans. Certainly that I saw. Your mum, you mean, obviously, not, not Dad's mum. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, me mum. Uh. It's really... Right, what used to happen was, and I'm sure the listener may know this better than me because it's a long time ago, but to go to, like, European games, you used to have to do something like collect vouchers from programmes or hang ticket stubs in or whatever it was anyway. You used to have to do that to get your European tickets. Yeah, you have something similar now. should bring back. But anyway, my poor old mam, if any of my brothers or my dad or my granddad or something like that couldn't go to the game, my mam used to have to go. <laughs> she but, hates football. Ah, well, she's an Evertonian, goes with the territory. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I can't remember. I was with her in the cop because I never used to go to the cop. I preferred the paddock. It was safer for girls. Because people used to like put their hands where you didn't want them. But anyway, I was there in the cop with my mum, just us two. I can't remember who we were playing. It was quite a big game. So if we just say Man United, it's irrelevant. She started cheering when they scored. God. Oh, really, God. really cheering when they oh, scored. God. So fell her in front of her. I won't use the language, obviously. Turned round and said to her about shutting her gob. And my mum went, <laughs> uh, who are you talking to? And he went, I'm talking to you, you dickhead, or whatever. And she said, excuse me, mate, how much do you pay for your tickets? And he said, £1.80 or whatever it was. Um, wouldn't have been, it would have been £1.3. Three shilling. And <laughs> she said, well, so did I. So I'll shout for who the, I want. Thank you very much. Anyway, all the way through the, like, the rest of that half, she's still giving him the evils and a bit of verbal and things like that. Anyway, come off time, he pulls his flask out of his aversach, gets the lid off, pours himself a bovril or whatever he had in it, puts the lid on, puts the flask down on the step. My man says to me, Ali, get ready. I said, what for? And with that, she kicks his flask down the steps. <laughs> and takes a run off. She's gone then and I'm left stuck there. So this bloke's giving it rock all. And I said, oh, I'll go and see if I can find her. I don't know who she is. She's just been a nuisance from the start. And I took off as well. That and is- my mother said... Where have you been? I was waiting for you to join me. Oh, God. Ah. 
That does sound like me, Nan. Remember when she got flashed? Oh, don't. You were about 18 months, two years old then. I was walking down the road with my mum and this bloke jumps out the entry, like the alleyway, with his bits in his hand and goes, see our girls, or something similar. And my mother went, oh, for God's sake, you can put that away. I've got a two-year-old grandson with a bigger one than that. <laughs> and the poor fella, oh no, his little face. Do you know I felt sorry for him? And if he hadn't, if he hadn't have had his bits in his hand, I'd have probably give him a cuddle. <laughs> oh. oh, Tristan, you have no idea, you know. In the it was in the seventies, and Liverpool had won a trophy, and we went to see the parade, and she said, "I want to take Auntie Doris with me." Well, Auntie Doris got this gammy leg. Yeah. So she can hardly walk. So me mum, me and Auntie Doris, goes off a good, like, hour ahead so we can make sure we get a good place for Auntie Doris. Anyway, we're by the year, there's huge roundabout with three banks on the side called the Three Bank Roundabout. So if anyone in Liverpool knows where I'm talking about. So we sit me, Auntie Doris, sit me, Auntie Doris, down on the wall, and we're stood there as well. And you can hear the noise, like, that they're obviously starting to arrive because you can hear the sound. And with that, this gang, and it was a gang, there must have been 20 of them, punk rockers. I'd never even seen them before, but all, like, purple hair and safety pins through their cheek and things like that. One fella even had a knitting needle hanging from his earlobe. I mean, (laughs) weirdos. Well, anyway, they all walk up and just, God loved them, they just stood in front of the roundabout. Next thing, my mother's got her brolly, pokes one of them. <laughs> he was, he was, no, he was wearing a straight jacket. <laughs> and my mother pokes him. Me, Aaron and Auntie Doris, remember, on one side, 20 punks on the other. My mother pokes him and says, aye, aye, lads, you can shift from there. We've been here an hour. And this bloke turned around, looked at her and thought, obviously thought she was just out for the day with her carer. <laughs> and said, said, we only want to see, yeah, and we only want to see the rain, so come on, shift. She's got a bad leg here, she can't be standing. And with that, these punks were saying, oh, I'm really sorry, look, didn't see you there. And they ended up pushing other people away. So my mum, Auntie Doris and me had the best view in the house. <laughs> I mean, oh. if I tried to do something like that, I'd just be dead. <laughs> but that's me, ma'am. Uh, she didn't mess around. I did feel sorry for no, her. No, but you, you gotta be, you gotta be tough though to be an Evertonian. In- Oh, yeah. But you got to feel sorry for her. She was a blue nose, but spent her entire life watching Liverpool win things and then parade the trophies afterwards. Yeah, but she was never going to live long enough to see Everton. Well, yeah, well, that's, she, so. that's true. She did only live to reach 103 after all. Which <laughs> which meant I had only heard the story of the name tag in the body of the Blitz 5,000 times. Do you remember that story? Uh, she loved to uh, tell that. At least once uh, a day, she would shoo on into the conversation about how the, during the Blitz, she'd had to go out, you know, the nurses had to go out and been given a bucket 
to go out and fill with body parts that they found. And obviously it's pitch black, so they had to do it by touch. So they filled up the bucket with the body parts and then they had to get back to the morgue and piece the bodies together and tag them with names. Then they would oh. always have the same problem, of course, of where to hang the tag when a man had his arms and legs blown off. <laughs> Do you remember that time I found her from my mobile? To be fair, that was oh, your fault. No, it wasn't. No, listen, I rung her from from my mobile, and she sat in her house watching whatever it was where you'd open boxes and win the money, deal or no deal or yeah. whatever. Anyway, there she was, and I rung her, and she said. You're not at work today, Queen. And I said, Yeah. She said, Well, how are you how are you talking to me? I said, I've rung you on me mobile. She said, Oh, I can't work them things and hung up. Yeah, but I'm telling you that was your fault because you got a recordless house phone, remember? And she couldn't understand why it wouldn't oh. receive calls when she went down the strand and people were phoning her. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have it in her handbag. It's a cordless oh, house phone. <laughs> And I tell you what, all over the place, there's people saying, isn't Tris like his nana? Yeah, that's going to be true, actually. All <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, right. Well, so, that's me. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say it's, uh, I was, I was going to say, I think it's probably a good time to call an end to this podcast before we go on all night with stories about Nan and how she would run errands for the old man upstairs. He was too old to go out himself, even though he was 10 years younger than her. Oh, can I just tell you one thing? It is on. sort of related to football with your Nan. When she was ill in hospital, Right. I came over because I was living in Darlington at the time and anyone who's ever had to go from Darlington to Liverpool knows oh. that Trans-Pennine train. It's three and a half hours on the train. It's four hours to walk. But anyway, got over there and Everton were playing Man United at the dinner time kickoff. So I got off the train and there's just bodies everywhere. My favourite bit was seeing all the Chinese guys wearing the Everton shirt saying Chang. I thought, surely there's another name. But anyway, oh. anyway... Oh, so yeah. I then I said to got in a black cab and said to the fella, I need to get to Aintree Hospital. And he said, Oh, we're gonna have to go like the only route really there is past Gutterson. I said, Yeah, well, my mum's in hospital, I have to do it. To cut a long story short, I was in that taxi two hours. So we're talking here. Three and a half hours on the train, hour and a half in I'd done five hours then looking for, for the ward and where my man was. I get up to the the room where my mother is. I walk in. I said, hey, your mum? She went, can you just be quiet a minute? I'm just watching the end of Deal or No Deal. <laughs> oh, that is definitely none. Oh, she... Yeah. Oh, those, those game shows, she loved them. Obsessed. Oh, sh- her, her life was a game show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, bless her. I know. So, what would you like to talk about next time round then? Um, how about something like away days or lower league football or other teams? I mean, it's up to you on you one you want to call it. 
mean, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but whatever I want to talk about, you always like get a bit of stuff in before, and then it's utter gibberish. So I'm next time. I'm going to be talking about away days. Even you can't get that wrong. I wouldn't put money on that, man. So, wait, Daisy, we have. So, there we have it. It's goodbye from us. And next time out, we will talk about away days. Say bye, Ma. Bye, Ma.